This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 198 of the Stacey West podcast. I'm Ben and I'm joined by Gary this week. How you doing mate? Are you, are you well? Oh yeah, after our exchanges off air, I am tickety-boo. <laughs> we're, 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 we're lacking just, energy. I was gonna say, on, yeah, so let's on. just clear that up. Like, it, I haven't pissed Gary off and he, I am not the reason that he's angry. At least I'm you, never make me, you never make me angry, Ben. Exasperated, um, <laughs> yeah, confused, um, perturbed a little bit, but, but never angry. You're not a man who makes people angry. I'd hope not. I mean, no, maybe you're not. You're, you have a very genial manner about you. It's just you don't know anything about football, and that's the, that's the issue. <laughs> a genial manner is is a phrase that I always associate with theme hospital. Really? Yeah, there was a there was a um, when you hired like janitors and stuff. It was like polite and genial manner, and that was one yeah. of the uh, the traits of people. So are you now basically a janitor? Is that what I you mean, just said? Yeah, I'd be a surgeon. I wouldn't be a surgeon. Hospital janitor. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, I, basically, I said off air that the only way I'm going to possibly be able to get through this podcast is by being cruel to you. So I managed to get something out in the first um, minute or two. Yep. No, so, that's, do, that's do, do you know what? Let's be honest, right? It, we're recording now. So it is at, at the moment, it is quarter to six on Thursday. Okay, so news, we're going to talk, we haven't got a game to talk about, but we are going to talk about Tom Hopper and Charlie Kendall, who have both departed the club. Since Charlie and uh, and Tom have departed the club, I've suddenly become a popular man by the scenes of things, because every 30 seconds to to a minute, my watch goes, and it's somebody different coming through with the hot take that we need to get somebody in, which is a little (laughs) bit like shortly after breathing in, you have the hot take of, I need to breathe out. Cool. Yeah, and and it's getting to a point because I've got the one of these Garmin watches. It's very good. I don't know if you can see it, but mm. uh, no, you won't be able to see it. You won't be able to see that at all. Can you see the screen there? Yeah, it's it's Pit Boy. Pit Boy. It's cool. Vault Boy. Sorry, Vault Boy. Vault Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's cool. But anyway, but it's linked to my WhatsApp. You know me. I can't. If something's linked, I can't. I can't unlink it. Do you know what I mean? I get passwords linked to, which is why I don't like the Mac. So he goes, "Oh, I've done this for you," and it's like I don't want that. But I can't undo it. Um, so I've got a WhatsApp thing on my phone. I've literally now the top seven conversations on my WhatsApp are muted. I mute every conversation because I don't want to be sat watching watching Shetland at the minute because you know fee Scottish, so it gives her a taste of home or whatever. Um, so we've, we've been watching that. And, you know, I don't want while well, Jimmy Perez is off not solving a crime. I don't want people coming on going, "Oh, we've got to sign the striker." Have we? Have we? I thought maybe we wouldn't. And that's what that's got my go. And they're good people that message me. That's the thing. They're friends. Do you know what I mean? They they they're, they're good mates. Yeah. That there's a, there's a general kind of feeling of panic. Not the sort of panic as a, a NYC female um, perfume slips through your fingers and smashes on the floor. 
But do you know, as a postscript to that, if anyone was worried about my floral kitchen, um, literally, I finished recording last week, and Fee came back from the shop. She goes, look what I've got you. And on offer in Morrison's was a bottle of men's NYC. <laughs> <laughs> so as, as I finished, it's, Chris came round, obviously, to play Paul straight after the podcast. I'm like, look what I've got, NYC. So there we go. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I did listen to I did listen to the pod last week, so I, I you know, that reference isn't lost on me, thankfully. No, I, I did know you you listened because obviously you had a Chris kind of dug you out a little bit, didn't he? He's he's learning, yeah, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Do you remember when we started <laughs> podcast, the first ten or fifteen episodes? It was yeah, all you like... were you were polite then. You were you were polite yeah. and genial. Exactly. Well, I was not. I wasn't a janitor, but <laughs> I think we're getting to a point now where Chris is is becoming um, a little bit more indoctrined. Um, Jake, you won't hear from unfortunately this week because he uh, couldn't be asked to do his Cambridge <laughs> thing. No, he doesn't. He's a busy man. He has he's a full time very job. Busy. He's, he has been, been very busy. busy. <laughs> oh God! I tell you something. I, I don't. I'm not like this with Fee. So all day I've been sat here with Fee, feeling a little bit tetchy. And obviously, I kind of knew that Tom was leaving. And when I found out Charlie was going as well, and I kind of been tetchy, but not. Yeah. And then it's like, ah, oh, Ben, thank God for that. I can unload. <laughs> See, it's exactly the same as with Rach. And I'm just a little bit concerned that I've compared you to my wife of nearly eight years. But yeah, the, you know, she, if she gets pissed Your wife's off, nearly eight. No, my wife, she has been my wife for eight years, you twat. Um, you know, when she gets annoyed with something, it's like, it's like she'll, she'll just sit on it for a while. And then like, the slightest thing, it's just both barrels. At me, I'm just I'm just a punching bag. That's all it is. Well, yeah, I can't reach. Unfortunately, I did actually go out for a run um, earlier. I've been uh, struggling with my hamstring, so I ran up to the end of the road and back, and got the quickest time on the way back. Partly because when I went out, it was cold, but it was you know calm. And then on the way back, there was a gale blew up, and I think it helped blow ten seconds off my time. So I was quite happy to <laughs> run from the Bluestone Heath back to my house in just in just over six minutes. So I was delighted with that. So well, we can't we can't pad forever, can we? No, I was just going to say like we've we've it, it's probably going to be slightly under an hour this year, uh, this year, this week. Um, because well, yeah, of... Chris isn't on. A, a because Chris isn't on. B because uh, it's it, well, there's not, wasn't a game on Saturday, and it's just it, it's just been a, a weird week in the the run up to the uh, end of the transfer window. So first bit of news, um, it was one that sort of got rumored a bit earlier on in the uh, in the window that Tom was uh, Tom Hopper was going to Grimsby. It was a done deal, all the rest of it, and then it went a little bit quiet and then this week it started picking up again and yeah tom hopper has gone to colchester for an undisclosed fee don't we just love those uh on a two and a half year deal um which you know obviously tom was our captain and it leaves us presumably with regan paul as captain which i don't think is necessarily a bad thing um but yeah tom's gone to uh to colchester so i think he he would probably go with all the best from most of the fans that you know appreciate what he's done um and it does leave us a little bit light doesn't it Gavis? yeah you've left so many threads to pick at for me there um, yep. first of all the undisclosed fee really doesn't bother me one little bit and I, i'd like i like to know transfer fees and it's great looking back over old newspapers like, oh we brought him in for 15 grand or whatever but <clears throat> what i think football clubs should be made to do is release all of their transfer fees um at the end of the following season so it no longer matters so like mm. we sell tom now so at the end of next season so in the summer of 2024 we then say actually we sold him for this or we bought him bought players for that so that there's no pressure on them being record signings but fans are kept more in the loop i think that should happen but there we go it doesn't um it was rumoured that the whole Grimsby rumour was always rubbish. I think I said that on the podcast. The guy that mm -hmm. started it from Grimsby was not a respected Grimsby outlet. He was a like a Cornell of Grimsby, you know, kind of link. That's no disrespect to Cornell, but, you know, Cornell says we're signing something. You're not going to go, well, he's bound to know. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. With massive respect to him. Um, but you're not. And it was kind of, you know, the Grimsby Cornell, which which sounds like a horrific prospect, um, kind of linked us with uh, linked Tom Hopper going there. My gut feeling was always that when Tom left, he was going to move down south. I thought it would happen in the summer. I was surprised at him being named captain, but I could understand why. I thought that um, it was a reasonable pick if it was a fully fit Tom Hopper 
akin to the 2021 season, mm-hmm. but it he he wasn't. That that that's I think that's the the situation. He hasn't been fit really. I don't think since um, Wimbledon away in the playoff season. If you were to chat to him, I think he picked up an injury there, and I think he's then had injuries on top of it, and they've never mm-hmm. they haven't really known what's going on. There was a time last season where there was a, we thought that he might actually not play again. There was one or yeah. two people saying, "Are we ever going to see him again?" Um, so yeah. I don't think the Tom Hopper that has left the football club is the same level of performer as the Tom Hopper that came to the football club. No. Um, and I, I think that's you know, some players, unfortunately, their careers go down through injury. I think he may have hurt himself more in creating the two moments that he will be best remembered for, because I think that he rushed back from injury in the playoff season to come back for the, he came back for the playoff semifinals and scored both those goals. And it was brilliant. Yep. If we'd had a fit Tom Hopper, we'd be a championship side now. If he'd played 46 games in 2020-21, I think we'd be a championship. Well, probably not now because we'd been relegated. Um, <laughs> but we would have had a year in the championship, yeah, ifs and buts, ifs and buts. But the last 18 months, with the greatest respect, Tom hasn't had the impact on the first team that you would yep. expect a senior player to have. Interesting, the first thing you picked up on was that leaves Regan Paul as our captain, which I actually think is quite an interesting take because everybody else's take on it has been, well, now we need a striker, now we need a striker. But actually, yeah, if it leaves Regan Paul as our captain, I you know, it, I hadn't actually thought of that, which shows how off it I am um, <laughs> today that you've beaten me to it. Well, I mean, it's it. I, I have seen a few comments about, you know, we've, we've not got any leaders, we've not got, you know... Yeah, that's we're suddenly, you know, devoid of experience and all the rest of it. So I, I'd, I think that's obviously a bit knee-jerk. And I think when, you know, when Regan Paul has stepped up and been captain, I think he's done a fantastic job of it. And I think if there was a thing that Mark Kennedy could probably have done at the start of the season differently, maybe name Regan Paul as captain at the start of the season. Um, you know, that there's been... There's been talk. Um, I, I noticed somebody mentioned it on your dog walk uh, video earlier on. I think Mark Kennedy mentioned it as well, that there was opportunities for strikers to join us in the summer, but they didn't want to because we played a lone striker and it was Tom Hopper and he was our captain and they wouldn't get game time. And, you know, all of those discussions come into play um, when you make that decision. And unfortunately, if that is the case, then, you know, we, we missed out of the time. But it's given us the chance to to play Ben House a lot more. Um, but Yeah, I, I, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing. I'm not going to be a hypocrite because when he was when Tom was named, actually, I backed him as captain mm. because if he was, I wonder if he was named partly to try and get him to stay mm. uh, potentially because rather than have the pressure of having to go out and try and buy a, a main striker. We didn't know what Ben House's situation was. I think that we're hoping as a club that there may be value in doing to another team to exactly what Tom has done or with what Colchester have done with Tom is they've come in towards the end of his deal, managed to pay a small fee to get him without then giving the agents all the power in the summer. So maybe maybe that's what we're looking at. The fact is, yes, of course, we're going to have to sign somebody. Um, yeah, so Tom hasn't really been captain in, you know, off the field, maybe, but certainly not on the field. Uh, I buy when I, when I said earlier, I was a bit facetious when I said we lack leaders. I can see where people are coming from, but we've got Regan Paul. I think Paddy O'Connor is potentially a leader as well. Where we lack leaders is anything outside of the defence. We don't have him in the midfield. Batty Virtue was to a degree, but Lass isn't. Max isn't up top. Ben House probably isn't. Jack Diamond isn't. You know, the lone players like Sushtipo, Danny Mandrew are not. So what you would hope is that we were going to bring a leader in in the midfield. That's what we want to see. For me... If we signed one, and we'll come on to somebody else in a minute, but if we signed one player, one single player, um, this uh, this transfer window, first of all, it would be an absolute disaster because we need two. But if it was one, it's got to be a midfielder for me more than a striker. Absolutely got to be a midfielder. With a midfielder, if we sign a midfielder and not a striker, we stay up, but we struggle. If we sign a striker, but not a midfielder, in my opinion, we're dragged into a relegation battle by the end of February. And, you know, that's irrespective of whether Tom stays or goes. Well, we know he's gone. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, there was I, never I any theory behind it. There was never any point, this transfer window, where people were saying to me, Tom Hopper's going to leave, where I thought that's going to have a really massive negative effect on the playing on the first team. Because it, yeah. with the greatest respect to Tom, it isn't. Yeah. And I, I think that's when you touch on it there and you're saying that, that we're obviously, you know, we, we're in 
need of at least two. I think that was always that was always the the assumption um, around you know everybody that was following the club uh, at the beginning of the window. And I know it's going to make me sound a bit. Well, it's going to make me sound a bit of a hypocrite at this point, but like, you know, we always say don't judge it until the window's closed. But, you know, at this point, it's the 26th of January and we're getting a little bit twitchy. And, you, are, you know, well, I'd... I'll be twitchy midnight on the 31st and that's the first time I'll get twitchy. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's the thing is that you always, well, I think you said it yourself, didn't you? You always hear, you know, rumours of, rumors with uh with merit um and this time around that you know there doesn't seem to be much going on at all you know there's no there's no whisperings of of names that i've really heard i'm not buying no i'm not buying that i'm not buying that the reason that there's no whisperings or anything isn't because nothing's happening it's because the club is 10 times tighter than it ever was yeah no, i'm not saying La- from, from, but... from last summer onwards the reason you got whisperings was because every single time somebody came in to look round or came in for a fitness test or came in for whatever somebody at the club was leaking that out and that's why names got around and at mm. this moment in time that ain't happening tom hopper only became the whisperings were rubbish they were made up the only time mm. that tom hopper's departure actually came out was yesterday when he had already gone down to colchester and where did they come out of not from lincoln they came out from the colchester end so i'm not buying that as a reason to be twitchy no that's fair sorry enough. you look like i'm telling you off there people forget i see you you look like i'm telling you off i'm not telling you off ben Feels like it. Yeah, I'm not telling you what. I'm just being, you know. Fight back. Fight back. Tell me. I'm too tired, mate. I'm too tired. Mm. Um, But you know what I mean? It's just there is an element that's kind of going, okay, right, well, we we obviously bought, uh, we've brought in, what, two, is it, so far in the window? We've got Shadipo and Harry Boys. And Boys. Was there another one before that? Or was no, I? I oh no, it was when. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I was thinking because obviously Jamie Robson went out, and that was the other bit of news. I was getting myself confused. But yeah, when we bought two in, and neither of them are in positions that we necessarily said that we needed. It's it. it yeah, I I know that in you know in the past we've always tended to do a lot of business on deadline day, or you know we've had two or you know, at least one or two come in on deadline day. It's like. I just don't like it at the moment. I just want it to be past the window. We know that we've got people in, but yeah, I mean, I mean you're only saying you. you're only saying what ninety percent of fans think. So when I chastise you for it in a two on a one on one conversation, if everybody listening in their car or on the way to work or whatever right now were honest, ninety percent of them will be going, "I agree with Ben," and the other ten percent are going, "Oh, there's Gary." Do you know what I mean? Like. Hmm. why are you playing it cool of course you're meant to be worried i mean i'd argue that actually we brought shadipo and harry boys in because we did need to fill positions because jamie robson and jordan garrick went out so i'm not going to say that we didn't bring players in that we needed hmm. to take out no, i get i get your fear uh roy good friend roy's been on the pod i think once before and um, has kind of kind of messaged me and said you know he's getting a little bit concerned and then kind of put out on twitter i'll reserve judgment till the 31st that's probably where i am of course mm-hmm. i don't want to go into a game against cambridge united and think well if ben house gets a knock it's either Jova makama or we're sticking somebody else up front it's yeah. a situation i don't think that we should be in but that only still goes all the way back to the summer that we shouldn't be in this position because we should have three strikers on the books yeah. But that doesn't mean I think that we should sign two strikers now because I think if you're trying to sign too many all at once, you, you know, they're not going to be loans. So we're not, we're not going to be able to sign two strikers that are going to add value to the squad going forward in this transfer window. If you get three strikers, you want a loan striker and two that you own. You can rotate the two that you own and have your loan striker. doesn't matter if he doesn't really make it or not. So, yeah, I, I, I had a bit of a, a tete-a-tete, let's call it, with Craig Robertson, um, good friend, uh, well, let's say good friend, you know, good person, somebody I know well, who um, I argue or, or we bicker quite a lot on social media. And he kind of said, well, you said we needed three, and now you're saying we've got rid of Tom and we only need one. For me, we definitely need two. So, well, yeah, we don't have cup games now. We're still playing mm. one up front. If we sign two players now, we'll have three strikers that belong to us and one striker spot, so that's a waste of money kind of thing. Um, I do think a squad, a squad like Lincoln City, all season needs three strikers. I stand by that, but it doesn't mean that I think we need to sign two strikers this weekend, or if you're listening to this after this weekend, uh, in the next couple of hours. Yeah, um, yeah, and I, I agree with that. I think the, the 
the point about cup football there is is one that I think people would probably probably not take into account. But I think you've obviously then got the the arguments of form. You know, if, if a player's gone out of form, if he's just off the boil a little bit, you, you've got back, you've got the backup there to bring in and potentially another one. Or you know, injuries is obviously the other big one. Um, I you know I just remember last season uh, was last, when we went to Oxford without a striker. It was like I don't I don't want that to happen again. Um, and it's, yeah, it's the beginning of last season. Yeah, that's that's the worry for me at the moment. Is you know we've got but that, that's that's surely been a worry since the beginning of the season, hasn't it? That, that's it, an overarching worry. That's surely not a worry right now because if we sign a striker, we're only going to have the same number of strikers that we had at the beginning of the season. So if we bring somebody in, in fact, you could argue with Joven being here, we're technically going to have three if we sign one. If we don't sign one, it's going to be. As far as I'm concerned, our live pod will be a whole different thing. Yeah. If that's... we don't sign another striker. Yeah. I mean, we've said it before. Death taxes and Lincoln City looking for a striker in January. That's the three certain. We signed, well, we signed three last January. Four. We signed four last January. And they four were strikers. all strikers. Dead, dead Liam Cullen, John Marquis, Ben House, Charlie Kendall. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, but no, I don't know. It, it's just it's worrying me slightly. <laughs> is is where I'm at. I know. It's worrying know. me slightly at the moment. Um, I set you up there as well, by the way, for a segue. I know, but let's move on then, because uh, Charlie term? Kendall's. Well, Charlie Kendall's <laughs> gone out on loan again, hasn't he? He has. Where's he gone, Ben? Um, I've. Lost the bloody okay. It's Bromley, Jesus. Yes, Christ. Bromley. There we go. Sorry, I had my I had my tabs up, and then my tabs just disappeared. When for those that aren't aware, basically, when when we were recording, there was a little blip, and like my uh, all my web pages forcibly like disappeared. So I've had to very slyly reopen a few tabs. You were like a newsreader without your auto cue. Yep, I'm like Ron Burgundy. Oh, yeah. Ron Burgundy. Um. Yeah, so Charlie Kendall's joined Bromley. It's a move, I think, take away what the impact at Lincoln City's end for a moment, which is minimal, by the way, because he hasn't had that much game time. And all these people have been going on about how brilliant he is online. Actually, we haven't seen that at Lincoln City. We, he played well for 70 minutes against Doncaster in the Cup, but judging it on his spell with Eastbourne Borough in the National League. So just to clarify that, we, you know, Charlie Kendall is a prospect, He's 22, but he has just been in League Two and played 10 games and not not scored a goal. So from, from a first-team impact, I don't see a huge amount of difference in Kendall going to, let's say, if Freddie Draper goes out on loan or Joven goes out on loan. I don't see, do you know what I mean? I class mm. Charlie almost in that group. Um, Bromley are sixth in the National League. Uh, they've got a big striker, Michael Cheek, who scored a lot of goals for them who I think Charlie could play off. They play a 4-1-4-1, four, one, four, one, so they actually play a lone strike. So I can see Charlie maybe getting run-ins out wide or in maybe as a, as a 10, perhaps. I don't know, because it seems mm. like they almost have like a three in midfield with two at the top of midfield. So whether they try and adjust that. They do play two occasionally. Um, there's a real baller on Bromley's books as well that we know very well called Adam Marriott. Um, so uh, it should be, you know, I think it'll be a good experience for Charlie. And if he goes there and he plays 15 games for Bromley and scores five or six goals, it'll leave him in a better position physically and mentally to come back into our squad next year and, and for us to make another decision on him. So, um, yeah, taking away from our end, I, I think it's a decent move. People that are then saying, well, we've got rid of Tom now, Charlie's gone with shot and strikers. Charlie Kendall's not going to play the lone striker in League One when he's had no. 10 games in League Two and not got football at Sutton. It ain't going to happen. Where we could use Charlie and we could potentially use Joven or Freddie. And I think one of those two, Joven or Freddie, will go out on loan. So I, mm. I think we'll, we'll, we'll keep one young player just in case. And I think one will go out. Wouldn't surprise me if it isn't Joven that we keep and Freddie that goes out. But anyway, um, so Charlie Kendall could have come on when we go to a two. So we've been going to a two at times and Jack Diamond or Danny Mandrew have been playing up top with whoever, with it being Tom or Ben House. Charlie could come on at that point and it could then be Charlie Kendall and Ben House or Charlie Kendall and Danny Mandrew or something like that. But, he, you know, it's such big ifs and buts. We need him to go out and play 10, 15 games. We need him to start 10 or 15 games in the National League um, before he comes back and impacts our first team. Yeah, absolutely. I think... it. I, it is a bit not short-sighted, but it is a bit 
of a frustration when you see, you know, a lot of people saying, oh, why you know, give him a run in the first team, give him a run in the first team. And like you say, it's not going to happen. Like, you know, yes, the the little sort of mini meme that happened around the start of the season, you know, it was like, oh, Charlie Kendall scores goals. Like, you know, all of that aside, you're going to be struggling for, you know, somebody of, of that age to to make as much of an impact, like you say, when he's not had a huge amount of time in, in Sutton's first team and, and, you know, struggled for it there. Um, and there's one thing actually I remember from when we, uh, we, we spoke to Mark Kennedy in his, uh, in the, the live pod that we did before. Um, and he said, you know, that he'd spoken to Charlie Kendall um, and he said, how was, you know, how's it been? And Charlie said, Oh, it's been great. Even though he's not been playing, he's enjoyed what he's done there so far. Um, because it's, it's a learning experience. Um, but yeah, for to expect him to come in and, and 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 impact the first team in a way that you know we would be happy with is is a bit ridiculous to me. So yeah, the, the optics aren't great, like you said. Tom Hopper, Charlie Kendall, both gone out on the same day when we're in need of a striker. It, it doesn't look great, but then you actually look into it a little bit more and you think, ah, yeah, it, it makes sense. And I agree with you about, um, you know, Freddie or Jovan um, going out. And I've... Technically, technically, right now, we have the same number of strikers as we had at the beginning of the transfer window because Jovan was out on loan. Charlie Kendall was out on loan. Um, and Freddie Draper was injured. So we had Tom Hopper. Uh, so we technically, oh, Freddie Draper was injured. We technically had... Tom Hopper, Ben House, and Freddie Draper. Tom's now gone. Um, Charlie's now gone on loan. So technically, we've got Joven, Ben House, and Freddie Draper. So technically, we've still got three strikers. That's really playing loose. That's pushing it. Yeah, it is yeah. pushing it. And and as I say, as we as we're talking to this, you might be listening to this at home. Wouldn't surprise me at all if a couple of our young players aren't out on loan. Sam Long, obviously, um, went out on loan with, to Drahida last season with Sean Rowan. And they got you know, they, they did really well there. And to be fair, Sean Rowan, it's probably the best thing that's happened to him. And mm, I think I said absolutely. on the podcast the other week, you know, a similar sort of loan potentially um, for, for one of our young players. I mean, the League of Ireland's a decent standard. And if we're, you know, if we're wanting to keep up that link, um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I, I think Freddie needs to go out on loan. Over and above Joven, if I'm honest. Well, I think I think if it, you know, you've mentioned there the, the League of Ireland. I think that's that's a good way of doing it because we we said it last season, didn't we? That their their season starts is it, it starts now, yeah, and it, it kind of goes over the summer, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. So you, they've got an extended period of football, so they'll come back and they're match fit and all the rest of it. So if that is the well, case, San, Di- then... San Diego loyal. You know, could go out there. Their season starts very soon. That'd be a loan everybody wants, wouldn't it? it? It would, wouldn't it? Imagine that they'd be queuing up outside his door, you know, <laughs> knock on the door, and you're opening up. And there's Danny Mandrew going. Actually, do you know what? I just, I think I need some loan time. I think I need some loan time. I'll go, I'll go and play with one of the greatest American, you, you know, US soccer players that's uh, that's ever been produced. I'll go and play with him. That'd be amazing. But uh, so, yeah. yeah, so I mean, obviously, best of luck to to Charlie, and hopefully, he comes back um, uh, from from this loan fitter and more more adapting uh, to you know slightly more physical football than he might have been used to or you know slightly more senior football um but yeah all the best and hopefully uh, it works out but there was a piece of news a little bit earlier on today which hasn't yet been confirmed by the club or the other club involved but um it was on was it the dugout Training ground guru. Training ground guru. That's the one. Um, that Ross Burberry has left the club uh, and he's gone to Derby. Now, obviously, Ross came in as the head of fitness at the start of the season. There was a lot of uh, a lot of you know, big noises about him coming in because it was almost seen as a bit of a coup. Um, very, very talented bloke and very driven bloke. Um, and it seems like he's now heading off to Derby to rejoin. Uh, Rejoin his former manager. So, interesting one there. Um, yeah, I mean, as I say, there's nothing been confirmed by the club, but the fact that it's on on the website is basically enough to say that it's happening. Yeah, it's, ha- it? it's happening. Cool, yeah, yeah, it's happening by looks things. And Joe, I I do have a concern 
and I try to play people's mindless con not mindless concerns, that's the wrong word, but I try and play people's concerns down. But you know, we've lost Jordan McCann, we've yeah. lost Joe Hutchinson, uh, we've lost Mike Garrity. Um, I'm not going to say we lost our whole sport of science team because I think there was there was more choice there whether that was right or wrong. But we lose, we seem to be losing a lot of staff from behind the scenes to other clubs. Now, I buy into that being a positive in a way shows our recruitment's good because we're getting people in that other people want. But it's no good if you can't hang on to them. Um, and for me, if you're overhauling, like our, our sports science team, Mike Hines, Luke Jelly. They were with the club for five, six years. They built relationships with people. So if you're bringing in good staff that other people want, and I think Mike Hines went to Port Vale, um, mm -hmm. so obviously yeah, he's wanted at League One level again. So if you're building player, building people like that, you've got to reap the benefits. It's all right Mike Garrity going because there'll be a package there for Mike Garrity to go. There won't be a package for us Burberry. It's a job. So he'll come in, he signs up for the job. If he wants to go to Derby, he hands his notice in and he goes. I would imagine that's how it works. I would imagine that there's no compensation for a head of fitness. I can't regret if it if it's if it's true and it looks like it is because it's on Twitter and everything on Twitter is true. Um, but you know, you can't begrudge the boy, the lad, for going there, can you? Because no. it's Derby County. They're they're geared up to be a Premier League football team. They've got the stadium. You know, they're they're a big big club. They shouldn't be at this level. As shouldn't Ipswich and Portsmouth and Sheffield Wednesday. There's so many, but he's you know it's a step up for him. And, and you might argue that Rotherham was a step you know, sideways to come from Rotherham to us. It was a, it was a real positive that we managed to lure him from Rotherham to Lincoln. My concern is that we are only six months down the line and he's now going again. I can understand why he's going, but it's the disruption that that might bring. Yeah, I was really looking forward to us being the fittest football club in League One. But if our head of fitness is now going... Um, you know, does that carry on? There's a continuity thing as well. Though. What does it say to potential players if you know they came to look round and they've met Ross Burberry uh, at the head of fitness, and then they come to look round a second time and you know he's he, he's gone or he's going? Um, yeah, I'm not saying there's a fundamental problem at the club. I'm not saying that you know people are leaving for any any particular reason. I don't know that. It might be. It might not. You've been in workplaces like me where if there's a high turnover of staff, good staff, the workplace still suffers for the good staff having come and gone, come and gone, come and gone. And I've yep. been at Builders Merchants where you've been a strong team, you've attracted better people, those better people have come in, but if they keep coming and going, it eventually it erodes. It's the same with players coming and going. You take Keith and, and John Schofield's team that was really good. And then, you know, we had a high turnover under Peter Jackson. You know, old hands going out, new ones coming in, trying to do that overhaul. And everything went went belly up, didn't it? Because yeah. you know, Janos Kovacs wasn't Jamie McComb or Gareth McCauley or even Ben Futcher. So, I, yeah, just look, yeah, I played it down. I've got concerns at the minute, if yeah. I'm honest. And we're going to come on to Cambridge in a minute. I've got concerns about form. I've got concerns about an inability to kill games off. I've got concerns in the short term if we miss our transfer dead, our things. And I'm not worrying about it. I'll have concerns on Tuesday if we don't do it. And now we're losing key members of staff as well. And, yeah, for me, it just – I don't like the way it feels. And I'm hoping a win on Saturday would, would change that because you go away going, oh, we're on the right track again. But right now, as we record, and we've gone through Tom leaving, Charlie leaving, Ross leaving, we're half an hour in. Where's the good news? Yeah, I, th I think that's the thing is that, you know, the, the the January window is always one of those where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, you, you might have a bit of joy with, you know, some players coming in and all the rest of it. But at the moment, like you say, we've had, you know, a few months ago, Mike Garrett, well, sorry, just before Christmas, you know, Mike Garrity leaving. It's like, okay, right, I understand that. He's gone to QPR. Fair enough. That's fine. And then now it's, like you said, players going out, key member of staff going out. So, well, there's not a huge amount to kind of grasp onto and, and feel good about at the minute, is there? And, and even there is... when there is, Harry Boy's coming in, Jamie Robson goes out. Yeah. Jordan Garrett, you know, Moshe Depot comes in, but only to replace Jordan Garrett two or three days after, two or three weeks or a week or whatever after Jordan Garrett's gone. Yeah, well, we go, we're going into games without a left back because we've signed a left back who's cup tied and then sold a left back. So even the positive news hmm. can have a negative spin. I'm not a negative person. I try and put a positive thing on it, but I can understand why people are kind of every time there's a bit of news now. I, I, I'm not one of these people who goes, "That's not a striker," or "Can he play striker?" I'm not. I'm not that. I'm not going to put the memes together. 
But I just think you know, people might be listening to this on Wednesday, the 1st of February. Mm-hmm. And believe me, if you are, as we record now, what's happened between us recording and you listening to it will be absolutely and utterly vital in keeping me as positive as possible as we go into the live podcast and, and the last three, four months of the season. Absolutely. Um, yeah, going to be a, well, well, we'll come on to that um, in a minute, but yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting one if things don't go how we want them to. Um... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So let's move in to some football then. Um, we've obviously talked about people disappearing and you know people people moving on. Cambridge rolling on Saturday. Um, you know, Cambridge side, I think you said they've won, is it one in 11 or two in 11? Two, two, two in 11 in the league. We've won one in 11 yep. in the league. Um, I think the difference is they've obviously had a few more losses than, than we've had. Um, I think, you know, on paper, we should be beating them is is a phrase that we've used a few times this season. But, you know, I know that you hate the phrase, it's a must-win game. But, uh, I mean, in terms of games that need a big result, I think this is one of them. If not the one, it's it's potentially well to me. It's the biggest game of the season so far. I think if we we need to get a, a decent result out of Saturday, and you've got that smirk on your face that's going to turn you around. Well, because I literally I literally did an article that said why Cambridge is the biggest game of the season so far. I literally yeah. did that on Monday, and you're like, actually, it's the biggest game of the season so far. Where did you read that, man? I did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't read my stuff. You're my co-host, my podcast I, co-host, and you don't read the site. I do. I just didn't. Well, there's no correct answer, is there? No, because you're an asshole. And you're welcome for the uh, one in eleven stat. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, I think the difference is we haven't won in the league since November the nineteenth. They haven't won since December the twenty sixth. So yeah, they've won one more recently. Just in case there's someone listening who doesn't know how the months go. Um, but they have been on an awful run. Curzon Ashton in 180 minutes of football, they didn't score against Curzon Ashton. And so imagine if we'd drawn 0 0 with Chippenham and not got beat and then gone to Sinsel Bank and then drawn again. A feel of them when we went to Kettering, perhaps even we drew twice with Kettering. So then they went through on penalties and got beat by Lower League Grimsby in the next round anyway. And their last three games have seen them concede. 12 goals, five against Shrewsbury, five against Sheffield Wednesday, and two against Bristol Rovers. I think I'd worked out that they'd only scored something like six goals um, since the end of October, and, and two of those had come in one game against Shrewsbury, who they beat on Boxing Day and who then tanked them 5-1. However, they've made significant signings. I know that you'll be happy to talk about Conor McGrandles, but they've signed Michael Morrison, um, a centre-back. They've signed Ryan Bennett, who... Uh, is another centre back. So they've made they've made changes to their team this week, and um, they've been really busy. They're looking at shoring up their leaky defence, and there's no surprise when you've conceded 12, 12 goals. Um, but actually, although they're on a terrible run of four straight defeats, in terms of actual wins, they're doing better than we are, and 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 that's perhaps where there's a little bit of concern that you know you say quite correctly wherever you know, whatever we say it is the biggest match of the season in my opinion so far win on Saturday 
and we can be nine points clear of the yeah. bottom four, technically. Yeah, and that's quite a bit to overhaul because nine points isn't just three games. It doesn't take you. You can overhaul it in three games. But if you win nine points clear of the bottom four, I guarantee you, in three games' time, if we lost all three, we wouldn't be in the bottom four because the teams below us wouldn't yeah. pick up the three wins. So you give yourself four or five games grace. Lose it, we could be as close to three points as the bottom four. That's that's crucial. Do you know what I mean? It's really crucial because then it takes one loss and one defeat, and that's where you slip into it. It's why. It's the six-pointer for people who like maths and numbers. Weirdos. Um, Chris Ray, that was for you. So, yeah, <laughs> in that respect, it is big. And uh, yeah, because also it's the lower leagues, it's the smaller team, although the, not smaller, that's disrespectful, I don't mean that. The weaker team, the team that we're meant to be beating, Cambridge United, on their arse. They're not going to play McGrandles and Bennett and Morrison because if they do, it's going to be a completely new-look side. How would that come out? But... I I can't see us winning it, Ben. If I'm honest, I can't see us winning the game. Um, and you know, draw it, it's not actually the worst result. People will say it is, but it isn't. It's better than being beaten, obviously, but it's still not a result people want. Um, no, absolutely. I think the the difference for me is if it is a draw in the same vein as Charlton at home, then I think that's where concerns will start turning to frustration for a lot of people. But what's if the difference between that and Plymouth? It's still a point, isn't it? It is, but it's the performance that, that taints the opinion. But were we bad against Charlton? I don't think we were great. It was nil-nil against a team that have got Jaden Stockley and, at the time, McGrandles and Jack Payne and Scott Fraser and so uh, Raksaki, the boy from Crystal Palace. But uh, you know what I mean, though. Like, I think. Yeah, yeah I'm playing devil's advocate. It's, yeah, it's, it's, I think. It, it, I think the, perform- the, the performance will determine what happens if it's a draw. Like, if it is, yeah. if it's a boring game, if it's a you know a, a drab performance that looks a little bit pedestrian, then fair enough. But if Cambridge come out as all guns blazing and it's you know a result like the Bolton game, then I'd, I'd feel better about a point in the you moment. See, you're right. You're right and wrong in equal measure as I am. Because a point against Cambridge isn't the worst result. doesn't matter how it comes about, but it also a point against Cambridge is awful because yeah. they're collapsing and we, sh- we should be beating should be them with our aspirations. Yeah. But the, the, yeah, the, the fact is that you know people waxed lyrical about Plymouth being a great performance and they were going on about how bad Charlton was, but both games got us a point. And you know, actually against Charlton, we never looked really in danger. The one trickled almost over the line against a team that have been expensively assembled. So, but either way, don't get beat. And you've got that whole argument of, is it better to be unbeaten at home or would you rather lose one and win one at home because you'd get more points? It's, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It's a game we've got to win. And, or or, sorry, it's a game you, as a fan, you say, we've got to win this. We've got to, we've got to take something in this game. We've got to win this game. Um, and, And look, they're not actually... They're not a great side at all. We know that. Um, they're new signings. I People going on about, oh, Ted McGrandall's back. Do you know what? Apart from the fact that we just need a midfielder and I take him back for numbers, if somebody said to me, the answer to our problems is Conor McGrandall's, I'd pick them apart like I try to you nearly with everything that you say for, <laughs> for sport. Uh, no, I do. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I would. I'd go, Conor McGrandall's wasn't the midfielder we needed last season. Um, you know, he gave the ball away too much against Wimbledon. He gave the ball away and then gave a penalty away. He wasn't the leader that we wanted in the middle of the park. We were lacking leaders. Um, he played against Portsmouth in the game where I, t- I said we, we, were, we were poor and we lacked leaders. He is a last Sorensen. He will run. He will tackle. He can pass 10 yards. But I haven't seen evidence of it 20 or 30 yards. He only got two goals and one assist last season. Max Sanders barely kicked a ball. His boots could have been returned to the shop, even though he had worn them all season, and the shop wouldn't have known they'd been worn. And even Max Sanders scored one goal last season. Louis I mean, I can, I can tell you, I, I can testify that, well, justify that at some point, because I do have a pair of his boots in my cupboard. Yeah, because I offered to swap you because I've got a pair of signed Sean Rowan boots and I said, let's swap a Sean Rowan for a Conor McGrandles and you said no and now you've got a Cambridge player's boots. I didn't say no. We just never actually got round to it and now I'm presuming the offer's off the table. Yeah, it's off the table now. <laughs> yeah, there you it go. Yeah. Now, um, do you know what? Actually, if you wish to swap a Conor McGrandles boot for a Sean Rowan boot, I'll think about it. <laughs> yeah, so it's... Um, 
going to be an interesting one. I mean, it's it, it's it's almost a no win solution uh, or a no win situation on Saturday. Like if we win, there will be people that will still be angry or still be annoyed that we've still not bought a striker in or whatever it will be. That there will always be something on Saturday that that will be oh well it was all right but we should be you know but it's Cambridge but we should be beating them and it's like yeah. I just. I, yeah, I don't want the negativity and everything to to get to me at the moment. But like I said, you know, so we said earlier, and just it's a little bit of concern is starting to creep in at the minute, and it's just if mm. if we play to what I think is our potential, then we win the game. Uh, they've got Shiloh Tracy, who I really like on the wing. You know, he was dang- he's dangerous. They've got the big lad Ironside who hasn't been started for them. Every time I say Ironside, I think about a guy wheeling himself around and <laughs> solving crimes. Um, Sam Smith is a decent player. They've got Jan La- Jack Lancaster who was at Ipswich. Um, but they, you know, for me, we've got decent players. People go, oh, that Danny Mandrew's a good player or Jack Diamond scored eight goals or Ben House is a, a decent striker. Um, so for, for me, you know, if we turn up and we play that our best, even without signing a striker, even with all of this kind of negativity that we've kind of spouted out there, this is a winnable game. And do you know what? That's all it takes. All this negativity, all it takes to start picking away at that is a win in the league. We haven't won in the league whilst I've been a 44-year-old. That's the concern. 19th of November, that's, that's the concern. But actually, all you needed to do was, was turn up against Burton Albion. And win that game. Even if we'd won just one, just one game, we'd be nine points clear of Cambridge. And we'd be going into this game going, well, if you're 12 points clear, they ain't going to overhaul 12 points in the run into the end of the season. That's how pivotal it is. People can't see, but basically this is our season and we are stood right on the knife's edge. And Saturday's result either sends us that way or that way. Or if we draw, people will will think we're either side of it again. But I, I don't think they're special. And signing Conor McGrandles, it's the story, but I don't think he's special. If I'm if I'm brutally honest, I don't. I think he had good spells for us. He was he bear in mind he wasn't a first choice midfielder for Lincoln City in the first half of the playoff season because we were playing George Grant, Liam Bridcut, and James Jones. Conor McGrandles was coming off the bench. And then it was only when the likes of Grant and Bridcut got injured, McGrandles came into his own, had a stormer away at Gillingham, and everybody kind of raved about him. He was awful again for a period last season. He didn't stamp mm. himself on it at all, which means he's gonna score and assist on Saturday. But let's face <laughs> it, if he scores you know, if he if he creates one assist, it's as many as he created for us last season. Yeah, and that's not. I'm not having a dig at Connor. He didn't want to go. You know, it sounds like I am. But what I mean is that people will say, "Well, they've signed McGrandles. They've signed somebody." Yeah, they have. But let's see where they are in May. And let's see where we are in May. And let's see yeah. who we sign before the end of you know the window. But I just I just hope it's a good atmosphere. I hope that the fans stay on side. I hope that the you know there isn't booing off at half time, which inevitably there will be from some moron. But I just, yeah. Well, it's like we said before, we, you know, people booed the team off in in the game where we were celebrating winning the title. Colchester. Yeah, ridiculous. But, you know, there we go. And, and one thing I'll say is I'm out on the lash before and after. Um, so me and my mates, Matt Dale and Dave, are going out for something to eat before, have a few beers, watch the game, and then out in town after. And uh, last bus home at the minute because, you know, we're all old now, so we can't go... <laughs> We don't want to go in pop world, do we? And look like four paedophiles on the prowl. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, no, because also, because I've got a ginger beard and glasses, have you not noticed how that is a fake? Frankie Boyle's even said it, hasn't he? That that is the look. That is the pedo look. And we were watching, I said we were watching Shetland, and a guy came out, like, uh, there, was a, there was an episode the other day where there was a guy and he had a bit ginger hair. I mean, to be fair, he was receding and I'm not particularly um so he had gone he'd got the bobby charlton on glasses and a ginger beard and i'm like why does a glasses and a ginger beard why can't that be made to look cool i mean ed sheeran makes it look cool everybody else you look like a fiddler unbelievable not not a fiddler who plays violin Uh, in a band i mean does ed sheeran make like a ginger beard and glasses look cool well he looks cooler (laughs) than your leg at wed well, yeah, that's because my my hair is my, ridiculous. Like my hair is basically like Harry Potter's hair. As soon as I try and do anything with it, within five minutes, it's fucked again. Have you touched Harry Potter's hair? How no. do you know what Harry Potter's hair's like? Because I read the books you as a child, boy, Gary. I read did, the books as a child. You weren't that young, were you? When Harry Potter came out, I remember I was six. What year were you born? 
86. 16. 16. 16 when the final one came out. Really? Yeah. Wow. Have they been out that long? Yeah. We're both Googling it at the same time. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Well, that's the film. When did the novel come out? The novel came out in 1998. Oh, my Lord. You're a baby. No wonder you've got a fine head of hair, even if you style it incorrectly. You're not even going to start <laughs> incorrectly. <with> the, <laughs> the first, the first book was released in 1997. That was I the philosophy. Oh, yeah, that's was that's, the Chamber of Secrets. The second one was it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you see, I don't, I don't know because I'm not a kid. I didn't realise that it made specific references to his hair in the book because, again, I haven't. Yeah, uh, there's a there's them. a reference in there that. Why are we talking about this? Yeah, let's put a let's put a pin in Cambridge then, and um, and hope that we can start to turn it round um, and you know take three points on Saturday. But I think it's probably something that you know I want to end the podcast on on a bit of a positive note, and uh, hopefully we can do because uh, it seems like the response to the live podcast announcement has gone down pretty well, Gaz. I think we've got more than 100 guests at the minute. Um, That's terrifying. Is yeah, it's terrifying. It is terrifying. Um, but yeah, so so it's good. There's, there's, a, there's an article now out on the website where you can um, fill in a form, which makes it a lot easier for emailing. Uh, but the former Players Association have uh, confirmed, hopefully, um, that they're, they're going to send two people along and we'll do a little bit of something on the evening that's just for those that are going to be there as well. It might just be a quick quiz or something like that. We'll we'll plan some stuff for those that are just attending. want to kind of make it a bit of a, a good night. So, yeah, just to recap, February the 9th, I think we're looking at 7.30 start. Are we 7 for 7.30, something like that? Uh, yeah, I think I think it was – I think that's about right. Gives we'll... people time to get there, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, Danny, Danny Butterfield, and they said Danny Cowley there. Um, <laughs> Danny Butterfield and uh, Mark Kennedy will be there. We're hoping Paddy O'Connor, Liam Scully will be there, unless everything goes memories vertical on Tuesday, and then he'll probably be in hiding. Um, although it's not like he does the signings, is it? But he's the punch bag. Um, <laughs> poor old, poor old Liam. Um, former Players Association will be there. I think the Trust are going to come along. I think Rob Bradley's going to come along. He's not going to be a guest on the stage. Um, so yeah, it should be good. It should be really good. I'm looking forward to it. Like it's, it, it's. I, I was talking to uh, I was talking to Alan Long yesterday, um, and he sort of said that you know he he was a little bit uh, amazed that 200s come around this quickly because he can remember like one of the first ones that we did up in the exact boxes with him talking about everything there, and you know had a had an evening and just spoke about all the stuff there. He said it's it's come a long way. And I was like. It kind of has, hasn't it? <laughs> it just just feels yeah. a bit weird. Yeah, yeah, it just happens now. Yeah, I don't want to sound blase. Does he still think it happens on a Wednesday? Uh, sometimes, yeah, sometimes <laughs> it does. Uh, and then I'd, we do it on a Wednesday. Uh, the the podcast, not you know, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's quite quite interesting. But no, it should be good. It'll be a good night. Um, for me, it was the evolution of the live podcast. So we did that first one in the boardroom with just yep. like thirty people, I think, and we were, you know, it was a real tight list, and there were some people that couldn't get on. And then we did the next one. I think it was about fifty people, but could have been more. But I think it was standing room only. If I remember, Chris Keneally came, and he was stood at the back because it was a. That wasn't just us, was it? That was a kind of a that was people, a club thing, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, that was that as well. So, so yeah, it should be interesting. I think it'll be a different crowd because I think there'll be people who read the articles who don't don't listen to the podcast to come along. Mm-hmm. So it might be a little bit of the so-called banter gets down, and we might have to hone our questions a little bit, and I might have to vet your questions um, just in case we have another, you know, like that moment we had with Clive that time. Where oh yeah, you, when I I went on you, for about half an hour on one question. You knew you had a question, uh, but yeah. by the end of it, nobody knew what it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just I lost my way with the question. I was like, "Why am I still talking? Shut up and yeah. please stop." T- and then yeah, and I kept thinking that, and kept thinking that, and kept thinking that, and the lights yep. out, and we went home, and the Ben was still there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but no, it's uh, uh, I, I am looking forward to it. It's going to be a good night. Um, I'm. I think. We're, we're I already know what I'm wearing. The what? I already know what I'm wearing. I planned my outfit. Is it your, your old poacher suit? No, obviously not. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think the um, 
the 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 main crux of it's going to be it'll make for about an hour and a half of a podcast probably put it out in two bits um so you know maximize the downloads um but uh i think overall like it's just it's just going to be a good night and a little bit of a celebration of the fact that we've managed to essentially keep it going for nearly four years now yeah i do actually think that two bits might i'm just wondering how that'll work I suppose it depends on the player. I mean, and people don't need to listen to this, but I think we've got Danny and Mark. Brilliant. That's one bit. But then what? Liam and a player. So we've got a player on the sofa at the same time as we're saying to Liam, why didn't we sign a striker? I'm not sure. We might have to have a look at that. And I wonder if it's going to be easier to do three like half hour slots and then or something like that. We can work the logistics out. Yeah, can't we? we can work the logistics out. Nobody needs to listen to that. No. But, um, yeah, I mean, I can't think of anything else. I mean, there's no. no I've got, I've, I've got a positive. Duncan Go Ferguson, Forest Green. I mean, we're not, we're not Forest Green. Did you see yes. Forest Green put the picture out? They basically hauled a tramp off the streets to shake Duncan Ferguson's hand, who they tried to pass off as the chairman. And then their official tweet was Duncan Ferguson's black and white army. They yep. play in green and black. Yep. Yeah. So they're not they're not just eco-friendly and I, I don't mind vegans. I'm known for a bit of vegan food every now and again, but they're colorblind now as well. Fantastic. <sighs> yeah, anyway. And why I... would you let a manager sign players through the transfer window and then you get beat by Bolton, by the way, is the team that beat them. And that's not a bad, you know, okay, it was against yeah. 10 men, but it's not a bad l- level of football. Bolton are a decent side, if, if, if a little bit thuggish. Um and then they sacked the manager. And what about the Bolton incident? Did you see that? I did. That's awful. <laughs> yeah. I saw I, mean, I think I think it might have been Jack that mentioned about, you know, at what point does Everett get fined for not controlling his players? Because it was a full on thump in the stomach, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like not yeah. even trying to hide it. It was just a full on what are you doing yeah, as that. In the stomach. It was nearly as blatant as a flying elbow on Last Sorensen. But at least this time the linesman picked it up albeit yeah. the wrong player. And then he sent um, the wrong bloke. Off. Yeah, at least he saw it. But that's that's made me write an article which should be live at some point this morning all about Terry Fleming's red card, uh, or not red card, when he got booked twice against um, yeah. Wigan. I remember that. Uh... When, what year were you born? 90? 86. 86. Okay. So would you have gone to the fans' forum when, when the club announced that they were having financial difficulties in about 96. Um, was it 96 or was it 98? 98, good point. It was 98. I, th- I think I was there because it was, if I remember rightly, Mike Malloy was there from Radio Lincolnshire and they did almost have, a, I think it was almost like a press conference. Are you going to turn around and say that you've got photos of it and you're going to have a look well, through them? Uh, no, I haven't. I did a, uh, an article the week that was, and uh, let me, you've disappeared from my screen now. Hang on. So I did an article. I'll send you the picture. Nobody needs to listen to this, um, but hmm. I'll try and send you a picture. I think that there is a picture of you uh, sat at the front at that that was in the paper. Okay. So I'll send that over once we've, once we've finished this. Cool. So there we go. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I don't think there's anything else really um, that we've got to talk about. Obviously, you know, if you haven't gotten signed up for the uh, for the live pod, get yourself signed up, get yourself, uh, you know, on the on the form on there. Um, it says in there that there's 200. It's a 200 capacity event. It, it, it We can probably we can probably expand that a little bit. I think I said at the time it's 250-ish. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. It should be really good. Yep, same. And, and you are looking at me as if to say, is that you? Um, so no, we'll see no, you. no. I, I'm really frustrated because I can't find the picture of the fans' forum. Uh, I, I don't know where I've seen it now. <laughs> I think I, I have. I don't think I've saved it, so I don't actually know. So, oh, so. good. So anyway, right, we will uh, we'll speak to you next week. In the meantime, say hello on Saturday if you see us. And uh, until then, up the imps. Up the imps. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. 
You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.